Hi, everybody. Welcome to Basic Snitches. This is Adam. Hi, I'm Tara. And I'm Roxana. I'm back. <laughs> In case you missed me, I have returned. This bitch is sick. I'm not sick. I just was sick. And then somebody I know had a COVID positive test the other day. And I'm like, oh. But you gosh. also said that you have like some nose issues. Yeah, I've been like sneezing and being gross. So, but I feel like that's a whole over from when I was sick. We are in Northeast Ohio where the weather is The weather doesn't know what it's doing. A lottery number. <laughs> Honestly, like that's the thing. I needed to just snow and stay like this because I've had swollen lymph nodes and all that kind of stuff. This whole time, like I was just talking to somebody for the past two years, I have felt completely fine unless I was hungover. <laughs> like I <have> headaches, <laughs> stuff like that, but I've never had a high temperature or anything like that. And so alas, what are you going to do? This is life. Yeah. So we are recording on a Sunday morning, virtually, sometime in the Starbucks drive-thru behind a Karen. Oh my God. <laughs> I was just like, are you kidding me? And just watching it, like, I'm like, wow, she must have ordered a lot of stuff. And then we're sitting there and the kid at the window, like, hands her out a drink. You, like, can tell that she's talking to him and he stepped away from the window. And then she reaches out with her drink and he takes it back from her and then he goes back and like leans out the window to talk to her and she hands him another one like this is wrong too (laughs) no ma'am i told tara via text that she should lay on the horn i think that's what i would have done (laughs) and i think that your text of like then everyone would be pissed at me was related that right tara yeah see my thought is everybody would be applauding you to be like yes you tell this stupid bitch what the deal is. I'm nodding at the screen, which <laughs> nobody can yeah. see. Yeah. See, Terry, you would have been lauded as a hero. I, well, yeah, she had like one of those Blue Lives Matter stickers on her car Ugh. and mm. children in her car. I mean, I get going through the drive-thru and like, you know, the, the convenience of that. But I'm like, I don't know how much you ordered. If I'm sitting at the drive-thru and my order for the reason is taking a long time, I feel guilty. Like, this is a person just waiting for my food. And this person's, like, elongating their stay at the window. And I'm like, I hate you. Assuming that this person, it sounds like, was from an older generation, potentially. I would assume that they're also part of one of the most entitled generations ever. Let's leave it at that. No offense to anybody who's part of that generation. I know that some of you are probably part of that generation. You're listening to this podcast. That means you're cool. And I am usually trying to order breakfast. And IHOP can suck my balls. That's all I have. <laughs> I've moved on. Are you changing it to someplace else? I am going to Denny's, I think. Okay. Well, Did that happen in unison? <laughs> no idea what just happened. I think Tara also said sponsor us at the same time. Oh, no. okay. Oh, you didn't? I okay, did not. Enough <laughs> of all of that. Today we are discussing Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, chapter 19, I think. Is that what this is? The Lion and the Serpent. It is time for us to thank our patrons. Thank you so much to Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Olivia, and Raph. We always appreciate you all so much for your support. You can also be a part of that list if you go to patreon.com slash basic snitches for only $3 a month. We're still TBD on additional tiers and whatnot, but we'll let you know eventually. This week we read a fan fiction? 
sort of. It's not really a fan fiction. If you listen to our previous episode, which you should have by now, there was kind of a little hint in there of what we look at for this week. We hope you enjoy. Who won and lost things? The loser of the chapter, just because it's so easy and fun to make them lose, is Umbridge. Oh, I hate her so much. And like, she didn't really even do much in that chapter, but she still sucks, so she loses. And I'm giving the win to Harry. There are a couple options for winner. I give it to Harry. This is kind of Harry discovering something he's really good at, and he's making really good choices. And he gets that little moment with Cho being a little like flustered by him and like, oh yeah, that's a win. Good job, my guy. Yes. Awesome. That is solid. Solid as a rock. Roxana wrote a thing. It's very bad. I'm sure it's not. It's an odd number. I would be writing. You're reading this one. Oh man. Okay. Well, (laughs) I was like, I still need to do my breakfast research. I can read it if you want. Oh no, that's okay. I'll do it. All right. Chapter 19, The Lion and the Serpent. After the first meeting of Dumbledore's army, the DA, Harry is feeling good about himself. Not only is he fighting back against the tyranny of the ministry through defying Professor Umbridge, but he is using all the negative experience he's had with fighting Voldemort to support the education of his peers. Honestly, he deserves all the points to Gryffindor for this. Hermione devises a way for all the members of the DA to schedule their meetings and to let one another know without detection. It involves using galleons that members can carry in their pockets. As Hermione explains this to them, they ask her why she is not in Ravenclaw given her immense intelligence. She can already perform spells at the highest education level. Hermione responds that the Sorting Hat had seriously considered her for Ravenclaw, but had decided to put her in Gryffindor. This literally does nothing to move the plot forward. I thought it was interesting, LOL. Okay, so the main events of this chapter. This time has finally come for Quidditch. And because it's the first match of the season, and because this is Harry Potter, the match is between Gryffindor and Slytherin. Ron is the new keeper, and he is terribly nervous about the match. On the day of the match, the Slytherins are being a bunch of assholes and are wearing badges that mock Ron. Their badges read, Weasley is our king and they're yelling a chant from the stands to throw him off. Because of this, when the game begins, Ron does not perform well, and he misses several opportunities to block goals, which put Slytherin in the lead. Luckily, Harry catches the snitch in time and wins the game for Gryffindor, as he usually does. The Slytherins are so upset with this win that Malfoy and his teammates yell insults at Harry and Ron about their respective families. Harry and George lunge at Malfoy and start to throw punches. Because of this incident, they end up in Professor McGonagall's office to be disciplined. McGonagall is doling out detention when Professor Umbridge comes in and tells McGonagall that she no longer has the authority over punishments and that by the order order of the ministry, it is only Professor Umbridge who cannot determine disciplinary action at the school. Professor Umbridge's punishment for Harry, George, and Fred is to ban them from ever playing Quidditch again at the school. And to top it off, she takes their brooms from them. Unsurprisingly, everyone is terribly upset and depressed by this. As the chapter ends, Hermione tells Harry and Ron that Hagrid has returned, and then they bury fucking pink bitch in a hole. The end. The end. Very good. (laughs) Nothing happened in this chapter. (laughs) 
You know, I do kind of agree. Like, this was kind of a slower chapter. But the, and then, of course, at the end, everything just goes absolute apeshit, you know? I want Roxana to do her rant. I'm so yeah. My rant. Okay, here's my rant, everybody. I don't know if it was this book or if it's book six or seven. There's one of the books where the author, who must not be named, almost tried to, like, break her arm because she didn't want to continue writing Harry Potter. And so my main complaint about this book is that that said author needed a fucking editor. Like, I'm sorry. There's a bunch of chapters in here where, like, she's just talking about them, number one, being moody, and number two, like, they then ate pumpkin juice or, like, whatever the fuck. And it's like, you needed someone to help you pare down this content because it just is so slow. And I think some of it is kind of unnecessary. I just felt that a lot with this book. I was like, I didn't even read it. I audio booked it because I don't have time to read. So, but just even listening to it for 12 hours, which I think is how long it took me to get from chapters one to 19, is like, that's too much. So that's my rant. And I'm sorry that she who must not be named felt like she didn't want to write this book. I don't know if this is the one that was it, but it felt like it was very labored. Her writing was labored and everything is very labored in this book. Unlike the previous books, which sort of zip along. End of rant. I'm done. <laughs> I can totally understand all of that too. To me, it feels like it's negative, negative, negative. And then we get a, like a little pocket of positivity mm-hmm. that then becomes negative again. And then we get a bigger pocket of positivity. It's spike and holes. The opposite of spikes. <laughs> it's a rough book. I feel like this is probably the book that feels the most labored to me because there is a lot of stuff I think that is not plot specific. There's kind of a purpose for almost everything, you know? This chapter is definitely unnecessary. It really I think, Yeah. <laughs> we didn't need this chapter. And they cut it out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So spoiler alert, well, there will not be a movie. Well, we always like to discuss and see if there's little nuggets here and there. It feels like this chapter is an excuse for that kind of bounce up and down thing of like, oh, you felt really good? Well, (laughs) hear this next, motherfucker. I get that we didn't get Quidditch in the last book. We were doing the Triwizard Tournament, but I don't think Quidditch is a plot point. Sure, like we're not going to suddenly not have Quidditch at all at school or whatever, but just because it's Gryffindor versus Slytherin doesn't mean that we have to make a whole thing about it. Like it doesn't have to be a big deal. It can be a paragraph, you know, in the process of moving the timeline forward and be like, this is how the weather has been and Gryffindor and Slytherin played Quidditch and whatever, because now it feels like a created extra plot line around the idea of Quidditch. Because now we have to be like, well, what happens? We do care enough to be like, well, now the Quidditch team is missing half their players. That being said, I don't think it's a completely uninteresting chapter, but that's me. A good portion of your thing, Roxana, I think, actually focused on one of the better parts of the chapter. To that point, because yeah, I, there's still some great things in here. That galleon thing, man, that is It's like, so interesting. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah. It's such a good idea, and I think everything about it is perfect. And actually, I think they even talked about the one downside. Harry brought up that, like, <laughs> they, could, they might spend it. But otherwise, yeah. I love it. I think it's so cool. Yeah. Another very positive thing that happens at the beginning, in previous episodes, we talked about how in the movie, there's a montage of Dumbledore's army. And Tara and I didn't have great thoughts about, I mean... Sure, I think like it was fun and everything, but they already did like another montage earlier. But here we do learn that they are learning additional spells like Reducto and and so on and so forth. I like that they bring that up too. 
And they bring up other characters besides the ones that we're usually like. Mm -hmm. I think it's Harvey who is like the one who does the great reducto. And it mentions Lee Jordan. Characters Mm -hmm. who are not ones we're always focused on. And I like when that happens. Just a reminder of other people, I guess. Oh, totally. Yeah, they talk about the Hufflepuff. Maybe not. I think it's the (laughs) chapter before this one. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, they do bring in other people. And in general, I think it's a really nice thing to see how Harry is feeling about this group. We already said about Hermione and her idea with the protein charm or however you say that, I think is amazing. And then Harry really discovering that this is something he can do. Like he's sitting in defense against the dark arts thinking of lesson plans. That's so interesting. Harry's not exactly known for his uh, academic (laughs) but he is very skilled in that particular area. He is the right person to do this. Those are things that I just like to read in general in the book. A little bit of positivity, but then like there's a Mm quick match and everything goes to hell. Once they do get into the Great Hall, for example, there is the whole badge thing and Ron is extremely nervous and all of that. And that just snowballs into the entire Quidditch match, which, you know. But another thing that I do think is really positive, and I, I like that this episode so far is sort of turning into like, let's look at the positive parts of this, is Luna's big lion hat. Luna. <laughs> I thought she was Ravenclaw. She's not Gryffindor, is she? Well, she she's Ravenclaw. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. Okay. We know that Luna is like a supportive friend at this point. Yeah. Something else that Tara and I have talked about in previous episodes is how at the beginning, it's easy to kind of be uneasy about Luna and like who is this new person and everything but by this point I think it's very clear like she's a solid hoe. I like when she's like I couldn't figure out how to make it so that the lion was eating the snake. Yeah. It's so great. But then once we do get to this Quidditch match I mean it is just bullshit. It really is. I'm so mad at Fred and George. I'm so mad at them because that is why Ron is performing so poorly. He did not hear the Weasley is our king shit until halfway through the match. But he's got his brothers who treat him like shit and make him feel like he's not good. And that is the complete opposite of being a team player. I don't think that they should be banned from Quidditch, but you guys deserve some kind of punishment anyway, because you're being horrible to your brother. What was it? They were talking about one of his practices and how he made some good saves and they were talking about maybe they'll admit to people that he's related to them. It's so disappointing. And like, I get it. They're jokers and they're teasing, whatever. I was like, this is not loving teasing. Do you want to win the Quidditch match? Because you are not helping. Ron underperforming in Quidditch is honestly not nearly as much his fault as as it is the way that he has been treated throughout all of this. And then, of course, you know, you have the song and that is going to throw him off and he is very upset, but it'd be great if he had his brothers on his side. Right. When I was going through this chapter, and I think this is a part of it that I didn't really, like, think about, but we have talked about in the past about, like, even in rehearsals, like, actually, (laughs) this happens a lot. The most recent published episode kind of coincides with the one that we're recording this past week it was the northern siren episode and we talked about how in that they are teasing him and it's like you're on a team here now like you need to work together so that comes up here again but my theme for this chapter of course was bullying and just like the complete inefficiency of people in power to recognize that bullying is the problem here you know it starts this is not something necessarily that we mentioned because it's a negative thing but once again it talks about how snape turns a blind eye to like the 14 people who said something about someone doing something bad i can't remember specifically what it is 
But it starts there. It's like people are not paying attention to the bullying in schools. So there's that instance with Snape. There's this instance, which I think is also very important to bring up that Tara just talked about. And then, of course, the obvious stuff with the Slytherins. Y'all, you can see what is happening here. This is what started this. You can't just look at the effect of these things. You have to look at the cause, too. Yeah. And of course, there's unfairness with people like Snape and Umbridge. No shit. But there should be more consideration taken by people like McGonagall or Flitwick and Sprout, for example. Madam Hooch. Madam Hooch does kind of... Do I give her points? I might need to actually give Madam Hooch points. Mm. (laughs) Tara never really feels like Madam deserves... And I like Madame Hooch, but... You have a point. She doesn't really deserve anything, but... (laughs) No, it's not okay that Harry and George beat up Malfoy. Like, that's not okay. I get it. It should never have gotten to that point. Right. Well, I know that, like, she was busy berating Crabbe or Goyle or whatever for hitting the bludger, but there are other teachers there. Right. I think it's almost sort of true to life. A chant is very overt, which everyone can see, but I think a lot of times bullying is people who are doing that are doing it purposely so the teacher can't see it i just know from like when i was growing up there was a kid it still like haunts me today who got very very bullied and all the kids would do this when the teacher wasn't looking or like when the teacher went out of the room i think there's a ways that people get away with really serious really harmful behavior and teachers are sort of complicit because they don't necessarily know (laughs) and right and that's not you know right I mean, kids can be really two-faced, like, you know, they'll suck up and be very sweet to the teacher. And then I just remember in school, like someone got their chair, like pulled out from under them and the teacher wasn't around. And it's like, if they don't know, they can't sort of correct that. I I mean, I still think about that and think about that person and be like, well, I didn't do anything. I just sat and was like, oh. Yeah. And I mean, when you're another kid watching that kind of stuff, some of it too is like, well, I'm glad it's not like. Exactly. Yes. You get very scared. Like I was an odd duck and I thought they were definitely going to come after me. So I didn't do anything and was like hiding in the background and they didn't really come after me, but I still feel bad. They didn't intervene on behalf of my classmate who probably still lives with that. It was just horrible. (laughs) So it sucks that you don't really build some of those skills until you are an adult like those are so like speaking yeah. of skills and stuff that you don't learn in school those are the kinds of things that if we were better equipped in our earlier yeah. years we'd be better to handle them and it's like in a strange way it's part of it, the system too which is horrible but also to that point and like tara touched on this as well this is clearly premeditated too they oh totally are, They're not trying to hide this. They're boasting with it with badges on their chest. Mm -hmm. And everybody is able to notice this far before it happens. Not a single person does anything. Even after the fight, they go to McGonagall and I get it. She is their head of house, but then Umbridge comes in and like fucks everything up even worse. And she's just a rancid bitch. What do you expect? But I feel like there could have been something else that happens before they go into McGonagall's office to like really address this as a whole thing. It's not just the Gryffindors. At this point, like, what do you expect? This has been snowballing for four and a half years now, and it's been the worst that it ever has been right Mm -hmm. now. 
and one of your prefects is leading it. Okay, sure. There's going to be a big explosion like this. And fucking administration at the school is just pouring fuel on the fire. Isn't it astounding that the end of the chapter is this pink asshole feeling like she's triumphing over this whole thing by being like, I can hurt these children and take away a thing that they love. And like the fact that she just does not understand what that really means and how that is going to do nothing but build more animosity. It is so fascinating that a person like that gets to have all this power because a person above her who's just like her gives it to her. You know, remember the author who must not be named is English. Professor Umbridge reminded me sort of like a villain in the the vein of like Roald Dahl, who had all of these horrendous people who were so mean to children, abusive to children in all of his books. And so I was like, it's sort of that's, yeah, she's sort of in the same vein as those sort of other literary characters who are very trenchably, absolutely just an abusive person who really shouldn't be near children and, you know, and who is just toxic. I just was drawing that parallel when I was reading. And was- Can I do an impromptu <laughs> fuck, Mary kill here? This is not the official game. Of <laughs> but my impromptu fuck, Mary kill is Professor Umbridge, the Trunchbull, and Spiker and Sponge together. That's a threesome. A threesome or a thruple or a double murder whichever you choose <laughs> well i'm gonna kill umbridge me too she's dying me no too <laughs> we all tied we're gonna all kill her <laughs> i'm going to marry the trunch bowl because i know that bitch got monies that I'm she has gonna- that nice house your well, answer is exactly the same as mine and then i guess i'm gonna have a little thruple and then get rid of those bitches yes me too okay we're all on the same page <laughs> everything that you said it's perfect like that's exactly yeah. what I said. the lesson here is that umbridge always dies <laughs> i'm trying to see if like i have anything else to say because this chapter is so horrible at the end oh uh, so th- another thing that about umbridge too she says a lifelong ban i'm like bitch <laughs> you don't have that power how are you going to do that <laughs> Like, you're going to, like, follow them after they leave school to make sure in their backyards that they aren't playing Quidditch. The the moment you're out of the Hogwarts ground, you're going to get murdered, bitch. You do not have that authority. It's ridiculous. And then literally the only other thing I have is what happens at the very, very end of the chapter. That is like, oh, nice attempt at trying to sweeten this pot of diarrhea that you just gave us. Hagrid's back, which is wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but it's like... Can we have a little <laughs> bit more, please? I know. Just draw. And then Hermione's like, he's back. And I'm like, okay. The final scene, there's a lot to that. I think that the fact that Ron removed himself so quickly from the game and like has no idea what happened between his brothers and, and Malfoy and Harry, he has his little like pity party and stuff. But he comes back and he's in like such a state. Harry's in such a state because he's literally been take like can never quit it again. Ron is trying to blame everything on himself and Harry's like, nah, you do not get to fucking do this. Like they're having this really intense thing. And then Hermione's like, this will cheer you up. We're like, really? Hermione? She was trying though. Her intent was good. <laughs> I mean, we all know she doesn't understand Quidditch. Neither do we. She'd be like, so I know that you're both very depressed right now about the sports thing, but Hagrid is here. <laughs> I just really appreciate, though, the two boys and what they're going through at the end of the chapter. Harry's like, I'm going to drive might be better than this. Like, come on, you know. 
when you compare this to like the very first book, you see how deeply things have degraded. I mean, it goes back to like your rant at the beginning, Roxana. It's so difficult to kind of get through this book. We're about halfway through now. And even as I was reading this, I was like, well, this is the one that we have Roxana on now because you weren't able to join us previously. And I'm like, it's kind of a shame almost because this chapter sucks so much. But I was like, the fact that we have you as like a social scientist in here when there's this theme of bullying is kind of a nice thing. I think that you have been able to shine some interesting perspectives on it and even just the short discussion. It's tough. I mean, I feel like I don't have anything too much more to say about it other than I think she actually captures something that's very true to life in terms of how bad it can be and how negative it can be for young people experiencing it and, and sort of the lifelong consequences of experiencing that from your classmates and it, and someone in power I think you know even worse than other young people is someone in power over you really taking advantage of that and really being harmful everyone has at this point probably read the book but just everything that Professor Umbridge does I mean torturing somebody I mean it's just really bad Harry Potter's also I think you know a study in trauma I mean he goes through so much horrendous trauma starting from his really early life and he's resilient and it shows i mean here is the social scientist in me his friendships and his relationships his chosen family are the people who support him in healing if he had not had those people he could have ended up like lord voldemort or someone who was being negative and toxic towards everybody and wanting to kill people but he has those what we call in social work critical interventions at specific times where it matters, where people are with him and build his capacity for resilience through relationships, which is how you heal from trauma. Thank God he had hit Ron and Hermione or it could have been a very different story. I gotta say, like, even though this is one of the darkest chapters so far, I think this episode is gonna have some of the most intelligent conversation because that sounded very, very fucking smart for basic snitches. <laughs> <laughs> they did give me a master's degree. I'm always shocked. For readers who feel like reading, if you want to know more about early childhood trauma, take a look at the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study from the late 90s, as well as any books by Bessel van der Kolk, who is a European clinical psychologist. I think actually he's a psychiatrist. He studies a lot about brain science and neuroscience, which is still in his infancy. But you can learn a lot about how the body keeps the score, which is one of his books all about how trauma impacts our physical bodies. And then the ACEs study connects that with the science that says, yes, if you've experienced early childhood trauma, your risk of disease and very serious illness throughout the lifespan is massively increased. So I know that's a bit of a downer, but the more you know. Oh my God, get Harry in the hospital, Wayne. Tom yes. Again, he has friends and he has connections and chosen family, which really mitigate any risk factors. So yay. This is a little bit of a new game or a twist on a game that we've already played. The fact that it's virtual, hopefully it works out well because technology sometimes lags and everything. But the name of this game is Word Collaboration. Okay. Okay. Tara, your face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And actually she's lagging a little bit now, which is why I'm getting a little bit. (laughs) Oh my God. Literally it's lagging right now. after I (laughs) Let's do a little test. Okay. I'm going to say one, two, three. And I want both of you to say 
Wingardium Leviosa at the same time, shall we? Okay. One, yeah. two, three. Wingardium Leviosa. Okay. There's a little <laughs> bit of a lag, but I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> so the way this game works, this is something that I saw on TikTok, is that I'm going to give a phrase from this chapter. And I'm going to count it down. One, two, three. You guys both say the first word that comes to your mind. And you win if you say the same word. Okay. So it's a little okay. bit of a mind reading game. Ooh. Oh boy. Oh no. Okay. I'm not fast. <laughs> and I have three words just in case you guys are really good at it. <laughs> okay. Ready? First word is Quidditch. One, two, three. Quaffle. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> So now you have to take quaffle and sports and find a unique word between those two and do the same thing. Do you see what I'm saying? No. She said sport, you said, or quaffle, one of you said sports, one of you said quaffle. We just have to find a word that's associated yes, with those with two those words. Yes, two words now. Oh. I, I could give you options, but I don't necessarily want to get in your brain, so. I have an option. Okay, ready? Okay. One, two, three. Broomstick. Okay, well, <laughs> great. So the next word is broomstick. <laughs> so Sarah couldn't think of one. So the first thing that comes to your mind when you say broomstick. All right. One, two, three. Witch. Flying. Okay. So flying witch. Ready? One, two, three. Spells. Angelina. <laughs> we are not on the same wavelength. Like, Tara. <laughs> We are In failing. Way, kind of what we I was are hoping failing at this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're failing at it too. You're not saying the same stuff as she. I know. We're both failing. Okay. This game doesn't make sense. Okay, let's get rid of Quidditch. We're gonna try a new prompt. Ready? Okay, your new word is umbrage. One, two, three. Bitch. Bitch. You want the game? <laughs> This chapter is obviously not in the movie. However, as we were talking through it, there is one element that is in this chapter that is in the movie, at least one that I found. Um, Luna's hat. Yes, exactly. I love yes. Luna's I can't remember if she's wearing it like during Christmas or something. I don't remember. She's wearing it at some point. Obviously, we have not gotten there yet, but... Actually, let me like look it up really quick and see. I guess they probably thought it was redundant because Professor Umbridge, they make a big deal about all of the like decrees and put them on the wall. So they've already sort of like made that a big deal already. So having another thing where she's like, I only have authority in the whole school. Like, I think they were like, we don't need to do that. Like eight. we already did that like five times. That initial montage. Right. Know? I can see why they didn't like do it again. When I look up Luna Lionhat, she is in the Great Hall and a bunch of students are at tables. So maybe it's like, I don't know, during like standardized testing or maybe it's just breakfast or something. I don't know. Could maybe she just wears. Hey, that's fine too. She can get her life wearing that beautiful hat. Anything else about the movie? The only that I enjoy about the movie is the beginning where Fiona Shaw is wearing that dress. Let me say like 13, 15 year old Roxana was like, ha. <laughs> we already know that you got a big ass boner for Fiona Shaw. I do. I take every moment I can to mention to everybody how much I love Fiona Shaw. So that's the only thing I have to say about this book. 
the movie part of the book. The movie book. I don't even know. Now I'm not even making any sense. She's all bashful because we got her all hot and bothered about it. Who is he thinking about Fiona Shaw? I know. I Now I can't talk anymore. Every so often as we discuss a chapter, things are discussed that make me change my points. And that happened this time. I was going to give more points to Harry and I was going to give points to both of the twins because I took great satisfaction in them finally punching fucking Draco in his face. (laughs) But I think that Tara's point on the twins being a big part of Ron feeling a certain way, not great. So the twins are at zero. I'm not taking anything away because I do still quite enjoy that they wanted to beat the shit out of Malfoy. This has been a recurring thing of the twins really kind of not being the best. So no points. And Harry, I was actually going to give Harry 50 points because he did win the game and it's not a great day for him. And I'm like, I feel bad for him, obviously, and the whole fighting thing. But another theme in this book has been him taking control of his temper. And this is maybe the biggest example of it all just pouring out at once. And can't really blame him. So I am giving him points. I'm giving him 10 points for winning it and it being a good day, but it also wasn't his best day as a person. So 10 points to Harry. I'm also giving 10 to Luna, Ron, and Angelina. Luna for being a supportive lion head friend. 10 to Ron, because very similarly, it's not his best day. He's the main target of the bullying. And also this is Angelina's first game. (laughs) And like, yes, she won it, but then three of her players get knocked out and this whole yeah. thing happens during her first, like, Angelina. yeah. And Angelina isn't really at the forefront here either, but I, I really want to recognize Angelina because she is Gwen as well. You love Angelina. That was a lot of words for just giving how many people, four people, 10 points, but I also am giving 20 points to Hermione. And yeah, that's kind of a lot when you consider everything else, but that galleon thing just like oh, fascinated me. Listen, there are very few times where I would ever imagine that you couldn't give Hermione points every chapter. Yeah. That's the truth. I mean, hey, she's not perfect. There are times with spew and stuff where she handles things not great. There's even times where I think she comes off a little coarse and unwieldy, but hey, that galleon thing was brilliant. So yeah. 20 points to Hermione. I'm taking 20 points away from Snape for that little like precursor to Boeing at the beginning. And actually, fun fact, this is the first time Snape has been get taken or given away points. Taken or given away. You know what I mean. He wasn't even, yeah, he wasn't even on the radar. So this is the first time. It's because Umbridge is here and she's casting a shadow. Negative 20 to Snape. Negative 20 to Crab because he is a big instigator here. Yep. And I'm also taking 20 away from McGonagall because I do think that she could have handled this a little bit better. Yeah. Umbridge comes in and ruins things, but I do think that there were some steps prior to that could have been handled instead of, hey, ignore them, mind your temper, et cetera. Like, that's not completely helpful when right. the, you're not telling the other I know that that's not helpful for Harry. So, yeah. Hi, so, Betty. Oh, is that Betty? Yeah. Betty here. Hi, Hi Betty. 20, 20 points from Betty as well because she's. <laughs> That's not actually, I'm going to end up in the spreadsheet. And then I'm also taking 100 away from Draco and from Umbridge. Good. And I don't really think I need to explain myself. (laughs) They suck. (laughs) Dolores is definitely now at the very end. Before this, she was tied with Fudge Packer. Now she is 100 points less than Fudge Packers. And we are halfway through this book. I think we're going to have a winner of least amount of points ever at the end of this. I mean, I feel like there was no doubt that that's what was going to happen. I agree. 
so obviously we're on Zoom, so I can't see like how many minutes we've been recording, but I think this is one of our, our quickest episodes ever, which kind of sucks because Roxana is here. That's okay. I think it's a fairly quick chapter too. And then again, not much happened. So yeah. that's true. That's <laughs> true. Getting mad at people for bullying, which always should happen. Yeah. I think but we got course, some good stuff though. I think so too. There were some really good conversations. And um, of course, if you haven't gotten enough Roxana, we're going to be doing a Patreon exclusive here soon too. So if you're not one of our 10 Patreon people or more, if we have more at this point, do Patreon. Thank you so much for joining us, Roxanne. I'm glad that you were finally able to join us. Yay, finally. I'll be back, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to definitely be back. Are you kidding? You didn't get to do two back-to-back, so we'll have you back at some point. <clears throat> Yay. Next time, we will be talking about chapter 20. Hagrid's tale. Hagrid's tale. The yep, Hagrid went away and he grew a tail. And now he's back. Now he's back and he's going <laughs> to... And that tail got spikes on it and he's going to whip it at that pink bitch and that's how she finally dies. But this isn't the time to discuss that. That's what happens. We're getting closer to meeting the Grops. We are getting close to the Grops. When is that? Uh, Well, we still have actually quite a bit to go through. Because again, she needed an editor and uh, here we are. (laughs) Thank you again, Roxana. Thank you. Farewell, everybody. Bye, everyone. I love you all. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!